0: Aloha, y'all! Welcome to the Esports Futurai zine podcast, where we chat it up with your favorite celebrities, influencers, local heroes, and people of all walks of life as we reveal the unexpected connection they have to the gaming industry. I'm your host, Chantel Boucher. Well, hello, hello, and aloha, y'all. This is Miss Chantel Boucher here with the Esports Future Eye zine podcast. And today we have somebody so exciting and special for our very first episode, Mr. Jacob R. Miles III. He is the creator of MAP Esports and Esports Future Eye. He is the man, let me tell you. Thank you for coming on the show, Jacob. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing great. Thank you for having me. It's a uh... Uh, exciting Mm. to be here
0: yes it really is now this guy right here he's been such a mentor for me this past year and i mean i want to i want to dig some deep in there with mr jacob today and get in the mind of him but before we do that i'd like you to tell us a little bit more about who you are where you where you came from how did you get involved in the gaming industry i mean your stories are amazing
1: I'll, I'll give you the short version. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do the clip
0: notes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. There's Millville housing projects. There's government housing that's built back in the forties. But so I was one of those at risk kids that through mentoring and family and so forth was able to rise above uh, my circumstances and become an engineer. And then began working at uh, General Electric Aircraft Engine Group, designing jet engines and so forth. But very quickly realized that that was a little bit boring for me. And I Mm. I know jet engines, how can that be boring? But I wanted something (laughs) a little bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I uh, ended up in Toys. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And Kenner Toys was located in Cincinnati. So I went to work for Kenner Toys. Can
0: you give us some examples? I mean, people, I mean... They've heard of Kenner toys. I mean, who hasn't heard of Kenner toys? Well,
1: some of the uh, Generation Z and so forth, they probably (laughs) heard of the products, but they probably don't remember Kenner. Drop some of those names. Drop Uh, some of the product names
0: so people know who Kenner was. Well,
1: when I arrived there as a young engineer... Mm -hmm. The Steiner brothers founded Kenner and and, uh, a couple of them were still around, but they were doing Play-Doh, Easy Bake Oven. Mm -hmm. They were doing Spirograph and Sit and Spin and Close and Play, Mm -hmm. Uh, Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Uh Snoopy Toothbrush, Electronic Uh Toothbrush. Mm -hmm. And this is the mid 70s. Electronic Toothbrush was a a big thing for kids at that time. Now, of course. Everybody there, got them. Everybody got them. <laughs> but so that began my career in what I call a toy and game and entertainment mm-hmm. industry, because toys basically are the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. They're designed to entertain children. But that's how my path led me into toys. Mm-hmm. But in in toys, I I found it and I said, Up, oh, this is it. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. need to do anything else. I'm going to mm-hmm. stay in this. And that led me into video games and the toy industry pioneered the video game industry in that back in the day, as they as the old folks say, <laughs> there was ColecoVision by Coleco Toys and Television by Mattel. There was Atari, of course. And I had some involvement in those. Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari, worked with us at Kenner mm-hmm. on our electronic held games and and so forth, which Unbeknownst to me until I did research just a couple of years ago, the first esports event was Nolan Bushnell's event for mm-hmm. the public in California, where he did Space Invaders mm-hmm. at a mall and for a competition. And I think you got a Rolling Stone, uh, subscription or something mm-hmm. like that. But nonetheless, Nolan had invited me out as a Kennery. Young engineer to this event, and I was at the first esports event. That's so, crazy. so I'm, I really come full circle. Do
0: you you didn't realize the, that was the, technically the first quote unquote esports event,
1: right? Yeah, had no idea, and nor did anybody else. They didn't he, know it was a thing yet. You they right, didn't, didn't know, know what thing, it, there wasn't a know? word for it yet. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. But that began my career in the toy industry, and obviously, we did Star Wars. We've done DC Comics, Marvel Comics, starting a lineup sports figures, but toys are. Entertainment, as I said mm-hmm. before, every toy has media behind it, mm-hmm. whether it's a book or film or uh, TV series and so forth. That's pretty much what led me uh, to today and to esports.
0: OK, you skipped a very important part. Mm-hmm. Star Wars fans.
1: Ah, uh, Well, oh, Let's, yeah, oh, let, absolutely. I feel
0: like I was just waiting for you to talk about that because
1: I could spend a, a a Listen, whole, that's for another a show. A whole show but, on, but it doesn't mean that on you Star don't mention Wars, it. Do you know but, what I mean? Uh, like I'm yes. sitting here
0: waiting for my the twinkle in my eye was starting to go because I was like, "Oh, he's going to get to that part now." <laughs>
1: talk
0: well, about, just talk a little bit. let
1: a it. little bit about <laughs> Star Wars. Well, I, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. George Lucas came to Kenner, and I remember uh, as clear as I'd day. Heard of him? The the <laughs> day uh, that I I got I was in my office. I got a call. We need you to come downstairs for a meeting. And we were, we were located in the Kroger building in, mm-hmm. in downtown Cincinnati and came downstairs to the meeting. And there was a, a gentleman there that was with Bernie Loomis, who was our president. Mm-hmm. And Bernie says, we're taking a look at this property. We may invest in it. And so we want to talk about it, have you guys take a look at it, um, see whether it's feasible, talk about how we may mm-hmm. do some toys. And as Bernie would say, see if it's toyetic. Uh, which is a word like he that. phrased to see if something <laughs> will make a good toy, a yeah. uh, toy line. Uh, and obviously there was George Lucas, and I believe the other guy was his attorney. And uh, they had a script. Mm-hmm. And George was looking for money to, mm-hmm. to fund the film and hadn't been having much success, believe it or not, given what it is today. Yeah, no he was having a hard time getting it funded. So Kenner stepped in to support and received the toy rights for obviously the investment in upfront money and so mm-hmm, forth. Mm-hmm. And so we sat in the floor and figured out how to do the ships, how to make them toyetic, mm-hmm. how to make them something that could be featured in a commercial. Mm-hmm. And that began uh, my work with Star Wars. So I'm one of the original Kenner Star Wars engineers. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've, today, Star Wars is so huge that the now we've all all become part of pop culture mm-hmm. and has been featured in books and interviews and things mm-hmm. of that nature but the star wars is forever we coined that phrase at Kenner in 1976 i believe
0: and uh, it rings it's true today
1: Absolutely. That is, that
0: is so awesome. And it's being such a huge part of history in the toy gaming and movie, I mean, it's all attached. People don't understand how the gaming industry is so connected to other industries that are out there. And it's just it goes above and beyond. I mean, it goes into education. It goes into the regular quote unquote entertainment world and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me about what was it inside of you that made you decide to create MAP Esports and Esports Future? How did that happen exactly?
1: As, as I said, I've, I've been in the media and entertainment industry for decades. But mm-hmm. one of the things that several things that I've done over the year culminates into what MAP Esports is. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you've got the toy side, you've got the video game side. On that toy side, when I left Kenner, I went to General Mills Toy and Entertainment Group, which... End up buying Kenner. Then I went to Tonka, uh, toys. Then we did Sega game systems. Mm-hmm. I was on the team to introduce Sega game systems in mm-hmm. America. And obviously a lot of video game interaction with the content people in Japan, the hardware people in Japan as well. And, and then the in-home electronic held games. All of that is, is part of that history. But mm-hmm. as, I went from Kenner to Tonka to General Mills to Sega to Hasbro. From there, I went, became an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, I developed my own toy line and cartoons and Mm -hmm. animation, but also in one of my entrepreneur endeavors, I created an online, an online network. Mm -hmm. And I also ran a television network as well. And Map Esports is a culmination of all of that. Mm -hmm. And. I was operating, which still operates my uh, consulting practice, and a gentleman came in with an esports idea mm-hmm. and wanted us to take a look at it for funding it or helping him to develop it. And we didn't end up uh, working together, and but it piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I said, okay, now I, I understand video games. I understand the events, mm-hmm. and I need to do some research on this thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd done a little research in... Prepping for him, but I went a little deeper. I called some friends of mine uh, that I work with at Goldman Sachs and at Nielsen Media Research, uh, and they both sent me their uh, research mm-hmm. on the industry and combed through that in detail in my old school fashion, writing down notes and so forth and highlighting the key points and the common points between mm-hmm. the two research reports. And the thing that jumped out from it was Both of them spoke to how far Korea was, South Korea, Mm -hmm. China, Europe, and Mm -hmm. how they were further along in developing an esports ecosystem than America was. But we had the gamers, we had the games, but we did not have the infrastructure Mm -hmm. to support the gamers and to support the fans and to Mm -hmm. support the industry. Mm -hmm. And so MAP Esports Network, is that infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So it is a a traditional media network, uh, niche network, obviously. But that's why we have the podcast network, we have the film and TV, we have the events, we have the magazines and Mm e-zines, and we have the mentor gaming centers, which operate as affiliates that will obviously will be broadcasting and syndicating our content through those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then of course we got our league to develop content around players Mm -hmm. focused on more on the amateur players.
0: No. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think it's important that people know that you're doing something that has never been done before. Mm -hmm. So I always get people coming up to me, especially like they don't know exactly my involvement with the company. A hundred percent. Everybody will learn later, Mm -hmm. but it, because it's the first of its kind you're everybody's like what's it like is it like this is it like that and you're like yeah but it's also like this and it's also like this other company and so there, there's not really a company to compare us to and i think that's just the cool part of it i mean mm-hmm. we're revolutionizing the gaming and esports industry and and what i love about you is your heart the most with it and the passion that you have for the people because mm-hmm. without the people we wouldn't have this industry. That's and right. so That's why don't you speak to that a little bit about what we're doing for the communities and the vision that you had going mm-hmm. into this and setting this up?
1: When, when you talk about a company, the, the most important part of a company is it's is the people, mm-hmm. is the people inside the company. That's the most important thing. I, I will hire a a, a good Talented, hardworking person, and train them and help them, as opposed to the smartest and most talented person mm-hmm. who has a bad attitude or has mm-hmm. a uh, chip on their shoulder or can't mm-hmm. get along with folks because that's just disrupt your the organization.
0: Cut, folks. I made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so
1: that's very important. The other yeah. side of of the business is obviously your customers or your audience mm-hmm. and so forth, and. We always focus on the masses. We're not focused on a niche community. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to support the gamers, support the industry, celebrate them, feature them. Mm-hmm. But we look at the disadvantaged community and at being an at-risk kid coming out of that those communities. At our core is support, and how do we help? Others get lifted out of their circumstances yeah. and rise above those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So throughout our entire network infrastructure, we have built in STEM and STEAM opportunities for disadvantaged youth. And we work with nonprofits and churches and so forth mm-hmm. to, to gain access to those communities mm-hmm. and to bring another dimension to them so that they are aware of the opportunities that are available in the media and entertainment business, mm-hmm. and in particular, video games, esports, and so forth. So that's yeah. very important to us, and we couldn't be more excited about it.
0: Yeah, I know. the The future is so bright with this. And speaking of future, what do you see for the future in this next upcoming year? Because, listen, this 2020, this past year in 2020, was a little bit crazy. Why don't you speak to that a little bit and then tell me what for the future in 2021?
1: Well, no question. COVID has has created a year in 2020 that we'll all remember, mm-hmm. that we'll all will look back on and say, I survived it. I made it through. But I also think that it has provided an opportunity for everyone to reflect On what is really important and what is really important is, is family, is friends. It is again in a company, your coworkers, because that's your, that's, that's an extension of your family. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I see it. And then when you look toward the the future, obviously you you look toward when we get past this thing. (laughs) Wow. It's going to be an explosion of activity because give you an analogy. I lived in Minneapolis for over a decade. And as Minnesota, Minneapolis has long winters. Yep. And when I say long winters, they are winters where I have, we, I've lived there when there was 60 degree below zero. And I'm not talking wind chill. What? 60 degree that's below zero. That's not for me. I mean, for the me. house is <laughs> cracking and My making God. noises. I called 911, said there's Stop. something going on. And they said, that's just your house crackling because of the temperature changes, Stop. you know, but very cold. So you get these long winters. When those winters are over. Mm-hmm. People come out oh, and they're ready to go. They're ready, they're ready <laughs> to go. And, and they have a name for it up there. I don't remember what it is, but they have a name for it. And COVID is like a long winter. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to come out of that. And I think you're going to see a, a just a flurry of activity and creativity mm-hmm. that is going to bode well for the future. With esports and the future of esports, esports is much, much bigger than video games. Mm-hmm. We all know that every video game is not an esport or adaptable to esport and vice versa. So esports is this unique thing, but there is a whole ecosystem around esports. And when most people talk about esports ecosystem, they talk about the business. Mm-hmm. They talk about the business ecosystem. Mm-hmm. There's also a consumer ecosystem around esports and that consumer ecosystem is things like k-pop j-pop hip-hop cosplay comic cons and oh yeah well speaking
0: of things like a comic con i know because map esports we're going to be very big into events as well too why don't you give people a little bit of highlights and some ideas of what they can expect when the events aren't happening
1: well (laughs) and that is our future when we started the company events were in the forefront
0: and that's both just a premise. It's both online and physical
1: events. Yes. But the physical events were in the forefront
0: mm-hmm. because they
1: were booming in esports, as everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And then we had to pivot with COVID. Mm-hmm. And then so we move the more virtual things forward and then push the events. Right now, we've got them pushed out to the second half of 2021. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have events from the community level to Working with cities and nonprofits, with parents for little robotic competitions, robotic ac- activities, coding activities and competitions, mm-hmm. esports activities and competitions, mm-hmm. and as well as media entertainment, mm-hmm. the careers and 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 mm-hmm. what's behind those things. Because when you look at the kids, uh, I remember going to a school and and speaking at this school to kids. And telling them about toys and video games and so forth and Star Wars and Care Bears and Mm -hmm. and, uh, Spider-Man, all Mm the stuff that I've worked on. And then uh, a kid's hand went up, cute little kid, and just Mm -hmm. as innocently and serious, he says, you mean I could get a job
0: in toys. <laughs> yeah, they don't realize that's the whole—that's a whole business right there. You know and, that toy that you—they don't put those because their imagination is just so inundated with the, the toy.
1: And I mean, and the rest of the kids really—I mean, it's like a light went on, and the kids, uh, and then it made me think about it. And the, the teacher's not going to talk about toys. That's the last thing oh, a teacher yes. want to talk about in the classroom <laughs> is toys to a kid. There is no degree you can go to a college and get in toys. Mm-hmm. So the career counselors aren't going to talk about toys. Mm. So there's no one to talk about those types of industries to those kids. So they have no idea what are the jobs, what are the classes, what are the things that could lead them to working on sneakers,
0: yeah. working mm-hmm. on video
1: games, working on toys. Except the that know. they have-
0: Naturally passionate about.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's the part that we bring to our activities, our, our events to bring that exposure to the, to the kids, not only in them playing and participating, but also in a curriculum mm-hmm. as well that uh, gets them more involved. So we're not trying to replace teachers and our, our parents or anything, but we are okay. trying to, uh, again, expose them because as a young kid in the projects, everything was in the projects, school was in the projects, Mm -hmm. stores in the projects, all these projects, Mm -hmm. that awareness becomes critical. You can't Mm -hmm. want it. You can't dream it. If if you you, don't know. If you don't know, envision it. So Mm -hmm. we want to help them to be able to envision it. And as we go forward Mm -hmm. uh, with the future of of esports and the future of video gaming and so forth, what we're going to see is we're going to see life enter the game. We're going to see we we see it now with concerts inside video games. We oh, were ju- yeah. We we're just talking about a, a partner we're negotiating with whereby we can put advertising inside video games. Mm-hmm. We're going to see
0: like product placement, so to speak. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, he's eating a pizza. pizza. <laughs> so
1: you are gonna be able to see that anything you can do in real life. You're gonna be able to put inside that video game. If you've seen the movie uh, Minority Report. Oh yeah. Okay. It's been a mi- while. Minority Report is <laughs> it's, it's been around a long time. Yeah. But everything in that uh movie, uh, Spielberg had insisted that nothing goes in this movie that is not doable today.
0: Ah. So
1: everything in that movie is doable mm-hmm. today. Now it wasn't economically feasible to do it.
0: It was possible, but, but it wasn't. Yes, right. exactly. You know, the so cost of doing it. didn't. It's a
1: good movie to see where we could be going. And so I think virtual reality is going to play a big part in the future of esports. Yes. In the future of, of video games. I saw one example of that was playing dodgeball. And I saw these people playing dodgeball. And this is obviously in a test lab. This was right. not it's not a real product <laughs> at this point. but And they were literally... Throwing an imaginary ball Mm -hmm. and the people were moving out of the way of the ball and then the the computers and the angles could catch the trajectory Mm -hmm. based upon your arm speed and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then the people, how fast they move and Mm -hmm. then say, nope, you'd be hit. Boom, you're hit Mm -hmm. and so forth. But that type of thing Mm -hmm. can become a sport. And so I think as we look forward to the Olympics and things of that nature, you'll see stuff coming up in the Olympics that will end up being esports for future as More well. Digitizer. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and very exciting. So we're really at the beginning of esports and yep. we're very excited to be the network for esports. So we're yes. the first podcast, esports podcast network, and we'll be the, we are the first full service esports network. So we Mm -hmm. look forward to it. We look forward to embracing the future and leading the future forward.
0: That's right. That is right. And we have an amazing team behind us too as well that you've put together and that you've hand-selected all these amazing people to do these things. And I'm very grateful to be a part of that. Let me tell you, this is going down in history in my books. I mean, I suddenly became somewhat cool to my 17 year old, Mm -hmm. not completely, but you know what? That's how that goes with that age. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) speaking, I wanna backtrack just a little bit more about when you were talking about growing up in the projects Mm -hmm. and being able to be a source of education for those kids. I want you to dig a little bit more deeper into that too, as well, and maybe tell us a story about your age and, and something that was pivotal for you when you realized that you could dream bigger. When was that moment for you when you were like, you're like you said, growing up in the projects, was there a specific moment in time where you're like, you know what, like my thinking is different than everybody else, or you recognize something different about yourself, or you were, you woke up somehow to see what possibilities were.
1: My earliest memory of that, I think impacted me greatly. And it's amazing that i didn't remember it for years. It was always there. And I guess in the back of my mind, but until I started writing uh, a book called My American Toy Story that's coming out next year. And it forced me to think about a lot of things. It brought a lot of stuff forward. But as a kid, one of the things my my mother did uh, day work. So she, you know, cleaned as a Kid from the projects yeah, she cleaned rich people houses, yeah <laughs> and she worked for several families in Cincinnati and outside Cincinnati mm-hmm. and and one of the families was the bronze, which Bob Braun is a a TV personality mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, the Clooneys, which is mm-hmm. Nick Clooney uh, mm-hmm. dad mm-hmm. the the Clooney family and and then the guy that their manager which is where she started. I think their last thing with Terrell's, the Terrell's. Sometimes she would take me with her to work because we didn't have a babysitter or anything like that. Sure. And she'd take me with her to work. And she'd be cleaning the ovens and cleaning the floors and and so forth. And mm-hmm. and I'd be wandering around a little bit. And I wandered into Mr. Terrell's office one day. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting behind the desk. And and I just mm-hmm. walked in and goes, what are you doing? Uh-huh. And he says, "I'm working," mm-hmm. and I said, "You're not working. My mama working. You sitting behind a desk. You're not working." He laughed and went, well, "Yes, yes. This is a different kind of work." Uh-huh. And I said, "What kind of work is that?" And. um he says, tell me and by this time my mom this realized I'm in there disturbing him. So she's coming to get me and drag me out. <laughs> and he says, no, let him, no, let him stay. Let him stay. We're having a good conversation. Yeah. Says, let me tell you the kind of work I do. He said, I'm in, in uh, media and entertainment. We have publications. I uh-huh. manage folks on TV. And, and I said, well, what does that mean? He's, he said, and he showed me the kind of stuff he was doing. And obviously computers weren't as big. So he, um, it was pretty much a ledgers uh-huh. and spreadsheets and and so forth. And I said, I want to do this kind of work.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: so anyway, he would talk to me about it. Then we would leave and he t- ask my mom, we didn't finish. Could you bring him back next time? <laughs> and uh, so that was my what first.
0: Dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, that
1: was my first introduction to the media and entertainment industry.
0: And uh-huh.
1: I forgot about that for years. And I, and I think it's always been in my subconscious. And then when I was working on the book, I went,
0: uh-huh. Hmm, oh, that's okay. That was a seed. That was a life. seed. That yeah. was that
1: exposure uh-huh. and so forth. So when I look at and think about kids in poverty and in different communities, I, I look at the, the work the nonprofits are doing. And for the most part, the nonprofits are uh, doing good work. And they want to mm-hmm. make sure that they're fed, so they make they give them yeah. food. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure they have health care, so they yeah. try and give them services there. And that's primarily social services. Yeah. But all of it is done, and it is it sustains them where they are.
0: Yeah. It, I, it yes.
1: It's nothing to lift them and advance them.
0: Out of there. To out of, yeah, yes. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I think also to the, the older way of mentality was they were like, oh, this is how the system is. And so I can't advance. Like they're mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. telling themselves they can't do something that they truly haven't even tried because they weren't given. They're not aware of it. They they just yeah, they're not given the tools, and they they ha- those words haven't been spoken into their hearts and their minds yet at that point. And I think that you're a great example of showing people that there is no bounds and there's no excuse. All you had all the same ex- quote unquote excuses, or I don't want to say just excuses because mm-hmm. that would elude like I don't. That would elude something negative, Mm -hmm. but I just mean the reasons, Mm -hmm. all the reasons that they can come up with why they can't advance or can't do something. So you're definitely somebody who is, who's definitely made it and has accomplished like so much great things, like from several lifetimes in one (laughs) lifetime you have lived. (laughs) Now, the next thing I was going to bring up, which is a great segue, is your book. That you're coming mm-hmm. out with, mm-hmm. anyways. So, mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about your book. Obviously, because look at everything you've gone through, you should write a book. That's a thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what? How did you know now was the time? Because I feel like even for my own life, I know that I meant to write a book one day. That's another show. And mm-hmm. and I know that I have to get further along in life before mm-hmm. I do it. What well, What made you know that this was the time for that?
1: When um, I when I, I did, a, I had a company called Cultural Exchange Entertainment. And we did toys that promote cultures getting along and nonviolence and so mm-hmm. forth. And we uh, had had a lot of success with that company and ended up on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, front page of USA Today, mm-hmm. all this stuff, of, all kinds of awards and so forth. And my PR firm at that time just kept pushing me to, you got to write a book. You got to get this story out. You got to get it out. And I just didn't feel it was the right time. Yeah. And I ended up selling that company. And the, and then going into the internet and, and TV and film and, mm-hmm. and then on to obviously where we are today. But got contacted by uh, about five different people who were writing books. The, yeah. the editor of Black Enterprise Magazine, uh, he calls me and he wrote a chapter on me in his book, Forever Barbie, about the history of Barbie. Mm-hmm. They called me and did a did a thing on me in their book. Several motivational speakers called, and 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 so I said, "Wait a minute! If everybody's doing the and selling books with my stuff, and I need to I have my yes. own book." Uh-huh. That led me about a year ago to to start that process, and we're finally complete. It's called My American Toy Story, and we're looking for. To probably release it around Toy Fair whenever we can go back and Which do is Toy Fair Toy Fair
0: is in New York, isn't it? Toy Fair is
1: in New York, yeah. usually in February. Obviously, mm-hmm. it won't be in February this year. Right now, yeah. it's tentatively scheduled for May. Oh, okay. So... Well, uh, we're going
0: to have to go there anyway.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I've <laughs> That's gone. my birthday month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've gone to Toy Fair probably for over 20 years.
0: Yeah, I know. Toy Fair is so cool. And how... Are we able to get into Toy Fair too? That uh, that no, it's, it's that not, that, not right. for
1: consumers. It's hey, for the trade. Yes, for the but trade. But yes. you can because I uh, can. I can, you can go in under me. But, well, hey, yeah.
0: it's just been so awesome having you on the show today. And I'm so excited to be a part of your dream. Your dream has now become my dream. And I never thought I would ever say that about anything because I've been such an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so... I, it's not that I'm like prideful and I just want it to be my own deal or my own idea. No, it's just, I'm naturally that way. And it's just so cool to be a part of so, a, a situation that I never thought I could say that where somebody else's dream then becomes my dream. And I'm so, I'm here to support you. All of us here at the network are here to support you. And I'm just looking forward to the future. It's going to be awesome. I,
1: I am too. And like I said, it, it, I could not do it without my team. And I am blessed to have them. Mm-hmm. And every, everybody on, on, on my team has a story and I'm honored to be part of their story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the future is exciting. The future is not only exciting for us, the future is exciting for Everyone, mm-hmm. And that's where you have to look at it. Being positive is is critically important. How you look at the world is critically important. Of course, there's problems and there's always going to be problems, mm-hmm. you know, but problems are opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we encounter them, as long as we com- communicate, have compassion and learn we can overcome those problems. Again, thank you for being part of the team. Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank your audience for (laughs) supporting us and being part of this journey with us. You are critical uh, to our success and we're blessed to have you as well.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Jacob, Mr. Jacob R. Miles, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming on the show. He'll be back one of these years too again. He's a very busy man. So again, thank you for coming on. And thanks to everyone watching the Esports Speech Easy podcast with Miss Chantel Boucher. Until next time. Aloha, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Esports Future eZine podcast. This podcast is part of the Esports Future Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review.